Hello, Sunshines. My name's Jana. And I'm Keith. And this is Hello, Hello Sunshine. Sunshine. Today's episode, we have a very special guest, my best friend, Olivia. Olivia, say hi. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Of course. You and I um, have been through lots of what today's topic is about. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which is, Keith, would you like to introduce today's topic? Today we're talking about mental health in regards to relationships. All kinds of relationships, but for the most part, I think we're going to be talking a lot more about romantic relationships. Uh, Olivia and I have been best friends for over 10 years now and have been friends through every single real <laughs> relationship yes. both of us have either had, um, all of which has affected our mental health in many different ways. And I just thought, what better person who knows what it's like to either have your own mental health issues, be affected by a not so great relationship, or have somebody else's mental health issues being kind of put upon you and you having to deal with it. So as always, we have to preface that we are not mental health experts. Not at all. We just go through the motions of our own mental health experiences, share them with you. Maybe you can relate to them. Maybe you won't be able to relate to them. But uh, we're just trying to encourage healthy discussion to, well, you know, just all we're, we're just trying to promote. Break that stigma. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was blanking out there for a second, even though I've done this quite a few times. Yeah. I mean, especially since all of us are in our early mid 20s at this point in our lives, uh, relationships are a bit different. Uh, I feel like relationship dynamics are a lot different nowadays in terms of like when my parents were first getting together, when your parents were first, all of our parents first getting together. I feel like with, you know, dating culture and hookup culture and everything, I feel like a lot of like toxicity has happened. A lot of not treating people the way that they should be treated. Chivalry is dead. Um, that kind of thing. And also like what that does to people. Like I'm a person who personally isn't a part of the hookup culture. I'm a monogamous old fashioned gal, but I feel like it would really suck to get involved with somebody where that was the only kind of relationship we would have. Um, and then be like, yeah, I just don't like you like that. Like that really messes with you. I wouldn't say that I have personally. I think I shared the same intentions with other people who I've seen in the past. So I have not had that experience to my knowledge. Olivia? I think I've been on kind of both ends of the spectrum on different points of my life. Because I definitely used to be the type of person that was just like, I was like 16. And I was going through like a bunch of stuff with my parents and my personal life. And all I wanted was like a relationship to like cling on to and just make me happy. Um, and that's not always the case with the other person. The other person can get kind of like a little thrown off by that or they'll be like, oh, like this person's too much, which is like totally understandable. Well, based on, you know, society, like the way that dating is right now, I feel like it's unhealthy for people's mental health because of how- Oh, 100%. Because of how toxic it's become because you either have somebody who is too emotionally available or not emotionally available enough. And it makes me wonder, like, why are people that way? Like, what is it 
um, a part of like our backgrounds, our childhoods, like the relationships that we witnessed as, you know, children, like what created those unhealthy, toxic kind of traits in people and like, why is it still continuing into like hookup culture and things like that? You know? Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with like how you grew up and like the relationships that you look up to. Like I, like my parents were divorced as like a late teenager. So like growing up, like my parents were like fighting all the time. I never really had like a relationship to really look up to. I never had like a good idea of what like real love in a marriage looked like. And I have a better understanding now because my mom's with someone else who makes her way happier. But I think like while that was going through and watching all that happened in my house, it was really hard because like the only relationship that I ever knew and it wasn't even that good of a relationship completely fell apart. Right. So it was just like, what do I do? Like, so I think that's why I kind of like clung to like the first, the first thing that like gave me attention. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. And I think like, I've done it. Even, Jeez. even people, <laughs> even people that like, have their parents married still like you like no Mm -hmm. marriage is perfect no and I think people kind of go based off of like how they were raised what they see like monkey see monkey do sort of a thing yeah you know what I mean well yeah Keith your parents are still married correct they're still married yeah are they a good example do you feel like they were a good example to you growing up of like what a healthy like marriage and relationship should look like I feel like overall yeah Going beyond the parental role models in the house to portray what a relationship should look like. And I feel like we're going to delve into this in a later episode, but just to bring it up quickly, the internet and whatnot. I feel like that (sighs) sense of FOMO could also play a huge role into wanting a relationship or something in that regard. Especially like people who have been wanting to date like throughout the pandemic and everything. Like Mm -hmm. I know like, seeing like dating apps are like really really difficult because like no one wants to go on a date if like you could have covid you know what right. I mean? <laughs> and and like anything with online dating it's like you don't know if people are being honest exactly or you do you think people are just telling you what you want to hear so that they can get what they want and just to kind of rope it back into how that affects people emotionally i think that What's great about technology is that it's available and at our fingertips, but at the same time, it's like quality over quantity. Are you really talking to quality people? And that can kind of like for somebody who doesn't feel comfortable dating tons of people at the same time, like myself, that kind of messes with your head a little bit. Yeah, it does. First, I'm going to start off with saying that I'm in a position where I'm open to being in a relationship. Uh, So, yeah, I've been, like, dabbling on dating apps again just because that's very much the culture right now. I mean, especially so soon after COVID that it's, it's, I don't want to say unfortunately, but, I mean, I prefer to meet people one-on-one, but this is what we got. I'm using the tools at my disposal. So, over the course of trying to get back into things again, I've uh, been adapting to going on dates or talking to multiple people at once, which isn't typically my thing because it's just easy for me personally, maybe even on an emotional level, just to... One at a time. Emotional or just general, my general energy to focus, yeah, one at a time. Right. I don't know how people do that. That's like 
I'm I'm too tired. <laughs> to Listen, to I, I already people. multitask with other things in my life. Right. I don't need <laughs> to right, exactly. multitask talking to strangers. I could understand where it could be difficult for people to really hone in on these different individuals at once playing the dating game. Getting to the first point you're getting to, uh, I mean, yeah, I've never been anyone to date for the sake of dating, have all the perks and no title. Right. That's just not me. But if you're trying to get a man's perspective... um, Like, why do you think that is? Why are boys so scared? I don't even know if it's just boys. I think girls can be like that too, though. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, I could say... Our generation, let's say that. It's it's definitely safe to say my generation because I've been on the receiving end of that. So, yeah, that is a thing. It's easy for... You could have all the perks of being in a relationship, but it's easier for the person to manage with it emotionally, in my view, if there's no title. Even if the relationship plays out as a quote-unquote official relationship. Right. It's taking that slight next step of just putting a title on it that brings so much pressure and intensity into the relationship when it really doesn't happen. It's weird. It is weird. It's simple, but in the minds of some people, it's not. I, yeah. (laughs) Just quickly, if there's anything I'm going to say about it being on the receiving end, it is tough with two people not being on the same page. And I just know that it wasn't good for my own well-being. Right, right. Because I think, you know, you've been in a situation similar to me and you. I think all three of us have had this this moment in our lives where you're with somebody that sometimes either it's like your issues are too much for the relationship to function or the other person's issues are too much for the relationship to function. And I think it's important to remember that, like, as much as we want to be loved and to support our loved ones, like we can't forget about like ourselves in the process. So if somebody is, you know, experiencing things that you just is beyond your caliber and they need some kind of help, like it is not your job to take care of them in that way. They should take care of themselves for themselves or they're just not in a good mental place for a relationship right now. And that's okay. And you can try again later if you're still available later. But um, I, I, I find that a lot of relationships, at least at our age, either like don't have a title or it's like codependency right away. Yeah, I think it just has to do with our age group. Like I have been on both the receiving and like the giving end of these kinds of situations. Um, and I know for like at least the times that I was like not in a place to date anyone, I was almost like, it was mostly I kind of like led them on because I was afraid to hurt their feelings mm-hmm. in a way. And cause like, you know, like how, how good of a person they are, you know, how generous and giving they are. And you just like, don't want to hurt them in that way. And like, I think that is also plays a really big factor of why people are this way. People are avoidant. Like they yeah, avoid, they're not confrontational about it really at all. Right. That's why ghosting exists. So yeah, like, exactly. But I think it's better off to just be very clear and very concise, like right away, because then you don't want to like make the other person feel like there's hope. You know what I mean? And you don't have to be mean about it. You can literally just be like, listen, like, 
I don't look at you that way, yeah. but like, you're still really cool and really awesome. And like, I hope everything's chill. Like, you know, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it would be better to just stay like, say like flat out. I'm not interested in you that way. But like, like I still love you like as a friend. You, yeah, yeah. You say like that, like you could save like months right years years in my case years in my case (laughs) years of 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 hurt and And that messes with your head because you're like it makes you question your own worth right like am i good enough not even am i good enough for this person am i just good enough in general anybody yeah like if this person doesn't want me like who will like you know and and that just that just messes with people. I feel like it adds fuel to the fire. Fuel of, to the fire. You start to devalue yourself, right? And just making up this own image of yourself in your head that doesn't exist. Like, yeah, you do have more value than you think you have, but it's right, exactly. Mm. And like, I can even say an example when I was fifteen. Uh, it was my first relationship ever and I was dating somebody and at the time that was kind of like the apex of like some of my mental health issues kind of coming to light and uh, I was really anxious and depressed and I was figuring out stuff like you know medication and therapy and I was I was in treatment but what this person failed to understand or appreciate because they were not experiencing those things was they just thought, like I worried too much or that my anxiety or my fears got in the way too much of, of doing things. Um, and it was just kind of ironic because after I broke up with this person, then all of a sudden they had anxiety and depression and just kind of like the, the breakup itself, um, was like a catalyst for an issue that was already there. Um, but for a long time I blamed myself uh, for how he reacted, even though I needed to do what was best for me. Um, so there was a part of me that was relieved, but then there was another part where my, my anxiety and my mental health worsened because then I had this burden of like, am I responsible for the unraveling of this person when really I wasn't, but I was 15, 16 years old at the time. Like I was a kid. I didn't know what love was. I didn't know what like I thought that what we were doing was healthy and fine. And so when I would talk to other friends and relationships and I'd say, oh, like this, that, and the third, they'd be like, wait, you guys, what? He talks to you like, what? What do you, what do you mean? But if you're with somebody that truly loves you, they'll respect your boundaries of yeah. what you don't want to do. Um, I don't think he understood it completely either. Not, not until he experienced it exactly. himself. And I mean, I wouldn't wish how I've felt or do feel upon anybody, which is why I felt so terrible because uh, this was a situation where like, I thought I loved him, but I was 15. And so I said, I love you, but I didn't really know if I meant it or not. Cause he guilted me into saying that. And like, that made me anxious. Cause I was like, I don't want to lead this person on. I do really like them, but like, I don't know if I love, like what's love, you know, that's a scenario where, you know, you are the person who has the issues so you feel like a burden and you feel like you need to like compromise how you feel to make others around you more comfortable or I've been there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, uh, beautiful singing. But yeah, and it, and it sucks like being that person because you let a lot of shit slide that you shouldn't. Yeah. And I've learned that in hindsight now, but yeah, it, it was really, it was a really like mature issue during a time where like I was still maturing 
Mm-hmm. But I feel like it happens even now at our age, which is sad. When I went into a second relationship two, three years later, I was a senior in high school. I was 17. Um, so really not that much later, but I was like, oh my God, I am so messed up <laughs> because of this first relationship. I don't know how this, this guy's going to handle me because I'm afraid of everything even more so now mm-hmm. because there were things that like naturally I feel like people want in relationships, but like if you're just like really fearful of the person you're with doesn't make you feel comfortable, like you don't want those things. So like I was very, you know, not very touchy feely with my first boyfriend. I was very like, you know, didn't want to give off any vibes like, you know, uh, you know, we're going to have sexy time anytime soon. I was a good Catholic Christian girl. And there were just like things that I think he expected out of the relationship that like I knew I couldn't give him because I wasn't comfortable. But then going into my second relationship, that was probably the best relationship I've ever had. Um, Things kind of fell apart at the end, but like during, he was really the person that taught me how you should be treated in a relationship and, and really like loving somebody unconditionally for the majority of our time together. Not toward, like I said, not towards the end when we, when our relationship kind of blew up, but I did feel the need to explain myself because at that point my anxiety was still really bad because after I broke up with my first boyfriend, he bullied me at school for a whole year. He would intimidate me and show up places and he would talk to my friends and try to find out information. Like he would, was in a class with Olivia. Yeah, he was. And he would constantly ask. He would, yeah, he, would ch- he kept trying to like get information out of me and like, oh, like, can you give Jana this note? Can you say this to her or something like that? And then he would like text me when we weren't in school being like, oh, like, has she said anything? And I'd be like, no, like, <laughs> like go away. Well, it got to the point where <clears throat> I just told Liv, like, if he says anything to you, unless it's like threatening to my life, I don't want to know about it. Um, yeah. Cause it just made me an anxious mess. And I would have panic attacks all the time. And I was still dealing with the aftermath of that into my second relationship. Luckily my senior year, like he had graduated early. So like, I didn't have to deal with him, which gave me the space and the comfort to really kind of throw myself at this new relationship that was a lot healthier. And um, there were moments where obviously like he wasn't somebody who understood fully what I was going through, but could like appreciate it. And I tried to describe it to him like um, he had a stutter, a speech impediment that he was really self-conscious of. And I thought it was adorable, but at the time, like he hated it. He hated school presentations. He didn't want to like work as a grocery store person because he didn't want to talk to people. It really wasn't that bad, but to him, he'd been bullied and, you know, it just was something he didn't want to do. So I remember I was like, okay, I used to carry around this pouch that had um, all my, I had, it had like my Xanax in it. It had a, a, like a worry stone that I used to hold in my hand or squeeze. I have it now. You do. I gave it to Olivia. <laughs> it says believe on it. It does. Um, that, oh, and, and this other stuff called Rescue Remedy, which was kind of like some homeopathic medicine that just helped take the edge off. I don't, it probably is a placebo, but at the time it helped me a lot. And I remember um, I took out the pouch and I went, so like when you see this little pouch, I just want you to know that like I might be feeling anxious and it's not your fault and there you this is not your responsibility it's a chronic issue that i deal with all the time like diabetes um and um but i just want you to know that i understand what it's like to have something that i can you know you can't control and 
like you have to live with it every day. And he literally like got like teary eyed and was like, oh my God, like, thank you for saying that. And, and thank you for sharing that. Um, that is how it's done. That is what it's like when somebody confides in you and says, I have these issues that I can't control, but I'm like, but I really like love you or I really like you and I want to make this work. And it takes a really good, decent, strong person to say, yeah, but like, that doesn't matter. I love you for all of you, not just the parts that I like, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was my first experience with like a healthier relationship. Um, And obviously we went off to college and things kind of ended in that way. But I will always be thankful for that because I started from such a negative place. Similarly, Olivia, have you ever experienced such things? <laughs> you mean like in like in an abusive sense or in a or just being in a relationship and discussing the troubles like we, that um, you deal with personally. Where mental yeah. health was a, a bit of a focus. Or even your partner discussing their issues with you. Around the time that Jana was experiencing all this and around the time that I was also like going through like my parents' divorce and stuff, I was in a relationship where we both kind of had mental health issues and we would both kind of project them onto each other because neither of us really knew how to handle them at the time. Um, so a lot of the time, since I'm such like an empath, I would find myself kind of um, putting aside my needs in the relationship to kind of tend to this person and everything I would try just like was not good enough. He was always like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is going to work out. And that would in turn make me kind of feel like, like we said before, not good enough. And we dated on and off for probably like four years, honestly. And it would, he was, it was always him. It was always like, he would text me at like 3 a.m. sometimes and just be like, just be like, hey, how are you? And I'd be like, my I was like, oh my God, like he's talking to me. I'm going to answer like right now. Like, and not really realizing what that was doing to me mm. until like that, until actually like after the fact. Right. You know, and like I always kind of stuffed how I was feeling under the rug to kind of, yeah, to tend to this person. And while ignoring your own issues. Yeah. And, and while I was doing that, it was making my mental health worse and worse and worse because I thought I wasn't good enough and it was destroying me from the inside out. And <clears throat> no one really knew about it because I kind of like kept it really private. I didn't want anyone to think that like, oh my God, our relationship is like so not good. <laughs> well, yeah, everyone, it's like, um, which Keith keeps mentioning, obviously, we always come have a topic that is mentioned during another topic that we'll do later, <laughs> which is we are going to talk about like internet culture. And that's a huge, it's all thing. interconnected. It's all connected. Like, I don't know if you remember this, mm -hmm. but when we were 15, 16, like Facebook was like the thing, like Twitter was like still kind of new, like Tumblr was big. Facebook was big. Reddit was big, but like, like I just remember like that was like um, a crowning achievement when you could change your relationship status on Facebook and post pictures of you and your and your your lover and it just felt like oh look at me like look at this this thing that I have that like some people don't and like it, you feel the need to project this image of like oh everything's great and everything's lovely and fine and and our relationship is so healthy yeah. like we're so happy look how happy we are it's almost like a facade like a 
you don't want to deal with the reality. Oh my God. 100%. I remember there was this period, like we had broke, we, we, we had broken up a fair amount of times. And I remember one of the times it was right before he had gone to school and it was like probably like a six month period. And no one knew that we had broken up except like, like you and a few other people. Yeah. No one knew because I think we both had kind of made it seem like it just happened. Like, yeah, like nothing happened because we both still talked to each other literally all the time. Right. And that was like a period where it was like no commit, no commitment, but like we were doing everything else because it it, add that a relationship would like consist of. So like, I remember one time I was in my music theory class and this girl who I was like, I was friendly with, but we weren't like close. She had known that I had been like with this person for however long. She's like, oh, like, are you and are you and and what's his face going to like go to homecoming together? And I was like, I don't know, like, because we weren't together at that time. I was like, I'm not like I went to homecoming single and I was totally fine that I did because we left a half hour through and went to country griddles. Yes, we did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was senior year, right? Yeah. Senior year homecoming. Yeah. Yeah. We look, um, we look good. But it was just like, I never really told anyone about it because like the way we had been talking, like it was just like, it was so routine for me and him to just break up, have things go good for a little bit, get back together. It would repeat over and over and over again. And it was just like, which I think a lot of people do. Yeah, but it's not good. Well, no, it's very, <laughs> it's very unhealthy, but it's like, it's like you have the comfort of this relationship that you had with this person, but you're constantly chasing after like maybe like the first six months of that relationship. You want that feeling again. So like you break up for a little bit and like maybe for some people, like they can pick right back up and it's no problem. But like, I think it depends on how you end things every time. Yeah. And I know like you lose trust in people or you lose faith in people. And like every time that we did get back together, it was like always harder and harder and harder for me to kind of say how I was feeling about any given situation it was more like I have to be completely silent when something's wrong because I have to be there for him mm-hmm. when, he, when something happens to him. Like I'm not allowed to feel anything except be there for him. And in the end, he still broke up with me again. Right. And leaving me feeling like everything I did was just like not enough. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which again, I, is not, it's not his fault at all. It was just the fact of the situation, you right. know, like I'm, he was dealing with his own stuff and I was dealing with my own stuff. And neither of us at the time really knew how to like deal with that. We just kind of projected it onto each other. Well, he more did to me and I just kind of kept it inside, but you just took it. Yeah. And you added it to your own pile. And then not only were you worrying about yourself, but you were worrying about him too. And, and that's not healthy either. Like that's not what relationships are. The first relationship, the breakup, I feel, I mean, we both had roles to play in why it fell apart, even just like where our lives were going at that point. But in terms of mental health, I could definitely point the finger at myself this time around. So I've been on both. Yeah. I think we all have. have Yeah. Yeah. I've been on both ends of that. And that was like my first real relationship at that point. And at the same time, I wasn't someone who acknowledged my own anxiety and depression at the time. So I could get into it, but barely. I didn't know what was go- I was necessarily going through. You didn't have the words. I didn't have the words for it. So in some ways, I would project it onto her. And 
a like lot, unconsciously almost. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of it was also amped up that I was about to graduate. No one else in my circle was graduate. I was being propelled into the real world right. on my own. So there's so many factors on my end. So if anything, I was trying to really keep hold of this relationship, which isn't really good if you're trying to hold on to White something. knuckle it, yeah. Because I just wanted some sameness. Right, right. And that's understandable. That's under, That's understandable. So, I mean, but in, at the same time, that was stirring up anxiety and I was projecting it onto someone else and it really wasn't good <laughs> all in all. I, I think, I I, think I, it's also a it, part of like, like just learning about your, you learn about yourself through these experiences. And that's exactly what I wanted to say. I mean, going into the following relationship, I was very open about it. Like in the time between I went to therapy, I learned more about myself. Oh, the word for this is anxiety. Oh, yeah. the word for this is depression. <laughs> oh, so that's what that is. So like even early on into the next relationship, I was able to just be like, hey, yeah, I go to therapy for these reasons, which my partner like really appreciated it. Yeah. She's just like, okay, I mean, and if anything, it actually my just general casual openness made her think like, you know what? Yeah, I think I want to go to therapy. Right. And that's something interesting too, because sometimes like when you're the one who is in treatment and then you see like your significant other who is struggling and you know, like everybody's different, right? Like some people therapy works for them. Um, you know, for, for me personally, um, like I need it. I need, it is Im imperative to my treatment. Because ever since I was diagnosed, like, that is just one thing that, like, I know that if I don't talk, um, I will make myself very, very ill. You know, stomach aches, headaches, insomnia, all that, all that jazz. And, and uh, I, I, sorry, no, yeah. when you're in a relationship, it's a good way to get how you're feeling out without projecting that onto another person because right. your therapist will kind of help you understand why you're feeling this way. And they're a buffer. Like you can project yeah. onto them. Like you pay them to project onto <laughs> them. Um, you can just ask, you know, my therapist, Karen. I knew you were going to give Karen a call. I shout out. love my therapist, Karen. She's a queen. <laughs> um, I've also been working with her for over a decade. We know each other quite well. And, um, you know, she's been with me probably through every single relationship that I've been through, similar to Olivia. And um, I think it's tough when you are the, I hate to say it this way, but when you're the struggling one in the relationship, like you're the one with the mental health issues and then you have a partner that's neurotypical that like doesn't understand. And it's not even their fault necessarily that they don't understand. Um, but then when they start to struggle, you're like, oh, but I have this whole toolbox of things you could do to feel better. Like, let me share these things because that would make their life easier. But then they don't want to be like, well, I'm not like your level of mentally ill. But it's like there everybody should go to therapy. Like yes, that's that doesn't 100%. mean just because you go to therapy doesn't necessarily mean you don't need to have a mental disorder in order to go and talk to somebody and get a third person perspective, especially when you are with somebody. I think it's healthier to have somebody else to talk to because you don't want that sole person to, to become this unhealthy, like dependent, you know. We're all a little broken. Yeah, we're all we're all a little broken inside. Not, of course, we're going to focus more on relationships again. But in terms of going to therapy in general, you don't have to go like every week or twice a week. Every, you can go like every other week, once a month. It's 
just to like a little check-in. Yeah. Just to, or, yeah. or if there's something like big that happens, like say you're with somebody and like their mom dies and you've never experienced that level of grief. How do I support my partner through this tough time? Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with reaching out and trying to get perspective. But I had a relationship blow up in my face during COVID. And with that person, their mental health issues. So like, I don't mean to go through life like this. I used to. I don't as much anymore. But, you know, it's almost like a warning label I like to put on my forehead before I get into any friendship relationship. I'm like, just want to let you know, kind of crazy. But I'm medicated. I'm, you know, I'm also very comfortable talking about these things and I'm very open. I have no problem saying like, oh yeah, I have anxiety. Yeah, I'm, I'm depressed as hell. Like I have no That's problem. why I was open to doing this podcast with you. Right, because <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, let's talk about everything. Um, like no, no, no holds barred. But um, this person specifically was somebody who had a way more intense mental health history than I did. Um, they had uh, bipolar disorder, which a lot of people, I feel like, there's a stigma to what bipolar actually is. And it's just a form of really intense depression. There's lots of ups and downs and there's different types of bipolar disorder. You have one kind where there's mania involved and like manic depression. And and that um, has to go along the lines of having manic episodes where it's just like this elevated state of being um, almost like, I I don't even know, like you snorted some Adderall and you're just like, out of character, like jazzed up. He had been diagnosed really, really young and had been through a lot of struggles. It didn't bother me at first because I was like, oh, well, like I'm mentally ill. I'm crazy. Like maybe our crazies will fit together. Um, But as our relationship progressed, I realized that like their issues were way bigger than mine. And there was a lot of stuff that like didn't really come to the forefront until like the very, very bitter end. Like there were things that he would do um, that I was like, well, you know, I need to accept these things about him because I was so desperate for love and affection from somebody that, you know, I just accepted him treating me like crap, essentially, because I am of the belief system that there are reasons and there are excuses. I've, I say this all the time. I'm going to get it tattooed like on my ass because I say it all <laughs> the time. I have anxiety and depression. That is a reason why I might be irritable and I might lash out at you, but it's not an excuse to mistreat people or to make anybody feel bad or responsible when at the end of the day, it's my problem. It's my burden to bear. I love that I have people and loved ones around me that support me, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's, it's my thing. So exactly. Yeah. So like for, for him, like I was like, well, if he's going to accept me and all my flaws, I need to accept him and all of his flaws. But again, like out of the desperation, I was letting a lot of like red flags just like go over my head. And I thought I was happy and I thought I was in a good relationship, but it turns out that he was somebody that had been dealing with a very intense mental health disorder um, and was medicated, but he didn't go to therapy um, he hated therapy, hated talking. He hated people. He hated, well, <laughs> he had no friends. Um, and as much as like we had a lot in common, there was a lot that like, I need to talk. I like to communicate. I like things to be clarified. <laughs> and 
I need reassurance. Like those are the things that I need in a relationship. And he was somebody that was like, I think once I filled his love tank, he was just like, okay, I'm good now. And then he would just be very blase with me. And then here I am freaking out. And he's just like, I don't understand like why you're getting so upset. Or he would have depressive episodes and not say anything. And then he would just be like nasty to me. And then I'd like, I had his like mom's phone number. And I remember like, she texted me once and was like, is something wrong with, you know, so-and-so? And I'd be like, why? oh, uh, no, why? Oh, well, he's not answering my phone calls and, you know, I'm worried about him. And and then I'd like message him and, and he would be nasty. And I'd be like, oh, no, just kidding. Yep, things are not good. <laughs> but I felt this need to just be like this buffer. You know, he could treat me however he wanted to treat me because I wanted somebody that would accept me back. But really he didn't. Because I, uh, we, we broke up because um, COVID happened. We were already in a long distance relationship and COVID, you know, he came home and his, his mom was very susceptible to get, getting, you know, if she were to get COVID, like it would not be good. It would be like a death sentence. So their family was very, very did not leave the house, ordered groceries online, did not go anywhere, talk to anybody. And he just like refused to see me. And then when I would try to like figure out like to see him in the parking lot at a school in our cars and like not even like physically touch, but just to like see each other face to face, you know, he, he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to FaceTime me. And it was always my fault. And he broke up with me over the phone. And like, we've never spoken since he dropped me on all social media it was very immature. Like he was just like, you're a nice girl and everything, but like, it's just not going to work out. And I was like, okay, so I treated, so what you're telling me is I treated you like shit, this entire relationship, let you be mean to me, let you do all these things while you ignored me. And like, I'm the one getting dumped. What? I was like, but I got over it real quick. Cause it just, it just pissed me off. He was somebody that I thought had a handle of his mental health issues, but in the grand scheme of things really wasn't. And I wonder how he's going to be able to have a relationship without being a good communicator. Because essentially, I don't really think he's taking care of himself. And I think that the people he's around enable that behavior. And will he will continue to have that behavior of like, you know, not having his own opinion, doing everything that, you know, his parents tell him to do, and not really thinking of like the consequences of the people around him. So we're going to wrap up the show soon, but what I want to hear from you guys, and we've touched upon this a little bit, I guess, but just to sum everything up, what were some lessons that you learned about mental health in relationships through this, or just relationships in general? I know on my end that I learned to look out for myself. It's okay to be a little selfish and look out for number one, because you got to take care of yourself. In addition to that, I mean, yeah, communication is key, whether it is communicating your issues or even bringing up the issues someone else is throwing at you. Because if anything, in retrospect, coming to my mind at this very moment, that's something I should be able to do. I should be able to address my partner's issues if they get in the way, because usually I just don't want to be confrontational. So those are just lessons that I've learned in my few experiences. Olivia, what have you learned? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) 
I didn't learn to shut up. <laughs> Clearly. Please keep that. <laughs> I would say that I learned. Yeah, I agree with you. I learned that like you should never compromise how you're feeling in order to spare another person's feelings ever. No matter like if you really care about the person, you should be able to tell them like what is up. You know what I mean? And they, if they really care about you, should be able to hear it without freaking out. And like, <clears throat> obviously we're all still learning, you know, we're all still learning about ourselves. We're learning about relationships. And I think that, you know, with time and like when we age, like naturally these things will happen. And like, I know in my relationship now, um, I've learned a lot to kind of say thing like I'm getting a lot better at saying things that I wouldn't normally say out went like what five years ago I would I would be so like uh intimidated by confrontation just because I wouldn't want them to feel how I'm feeling if I was like truly honest with them and that's not healthy either that that's what would make me a toxic person not really like speaking up and saying how I really feel about something. Um, but, you know, with time, I think we all, like, learn a little bit about ourselves every day. And hopefully, like, hopefully everyone in this this fucked up dating online culture post-COVID, hopefully everyone learns, like, how, like, what they need, what they want, and how to communicate. Future. That was beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I guess best goes, best goes for last. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, for me personally, um, I have to look at every relationship as a learning experience. Like yeah. you guys have said, um, you learn something about yourself. You learn about what you like and what you don't like. And you learn about the qualities um, that you want in a partner that mm -hmm if you want to get married, you eventually get married too. But in terms of mental health, very similar to what Liv and Keith have said today, it's so, so important to advocate for yourself always. Um, as much as we love people and we want to be there for them, we can't be everybody's everything all the time. And I think that keeping a healthy balance and perspective of like, I love you, and I want to be there for you and I want to be that person, but I can't always promise I am going to be that person. So let's not have unrealistic expectations of one another going into this relationship. Like, I don't want to be with you because you make me feel good. I mean, yeah, relationships do that for you, but that shouldn't be the only reason. And yeah, I don't know. Speaking directly to the listeners, never, ever, ever feel like you're a burden. Never be ashamed of whatever issues that you have, um, if the person that you are trying to be with or want to be with or are with can't seem to love you for you and all of you, um, then they're not the person for you. And that is not necessarily going to always be a reflection on you. So just because a relationship ends, please don't do what I do, which is internalize it and be like, oh God, what did I do to ruin this? Sometimes it's really not you. It's Sometimes not. it's yeah, like maybe everybody, you know, takes two to tango. Of but, course. But when it comes to mental health issues, like if you're the one with the issues, 
like it's it's not you it's not you baby it's them they don't get it they don't understand but there is going to be somebody out there that will and does and you know you just got to keep kissing the frogs until you find your prince or princess well too bad i can't tango (laughs) anyway what a great segue keith (laughs) 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 that just about uh does it for this episode yes it does as always thank you so much for listening we always at the end of episodes put uh, different resources that are available to you at all times if you are struggling, uh, such as Psychology Today, which is therapist.psychologytoday.com. Um, that is a website where you can look up information on therapists and psychiatrists in your area that are covered by your insurance. So it makes the uh, nerve wracking and intimidating process of finding somebody to talk to a lot easier. There's also suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Uh, and uh, or if you don't feel like going online or making a phone call, there is also the crisis text line. Text the word reason to 741741. It's free, it's confidential, and it's 24-7. If you or anybody is struggling, please know that there are resources out there. And uh, please take advantage of these ones because I've personally used a few of them myself and they definitely are awesome and work. And by the way, you could also find Hello Sunshine on social media. Yeah, we got tons of those. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, tons of those. Tons of those. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly those two for now. <laughs> As of right now, you can look us up on Facebook, Instagram, maybe one day TikTok. I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> until then. Wait, hold on. Even before the until then, Olivia. Thank you for coming oh. on our episode again. <laughs> wow, Jana. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bessie. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. It's nice meeting you. We only spoke for like a couple minutes before I hit the record button here. <laughs> but now we're bonded. Now, now we're, yes, now we're bonded bonding. forever. Bonded. Yeah. We're like brothers. Only closer. <laughs> Twins. With that being said, things may not always be easy. But don't forget to try to stay on the bright side. Adios. Bye. Bye.